Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Gator Nation, welcome back to this week's episode of Respect Our Decision, Pod of the People, our weekly show where we take the questions that you send to us and try to give them some answers or some opinions or what maybe what just what we're hearing right now in regards to certain things as far as Gator recruiting and Gator football in general. As always, I'm your host, Hirsch, and with me is CJ, the man, McCann. What's up, guys? As you may have heard on our main show, Wes is on vacation this week down there uh, enjoying, I believe he's in the Bahamas. I don't know. The guy's just, he's just. He said he was Jamaica, you know, like he's like the Beach Boys, you know, Bermuda, Bahama. Come on. Put right, he's, doing, he's jet setting like Ric Flair. I don't know where that, the guy's that's at. That's right, baby. Limousine riding, jet yeah. flying, Rolex wearing, son of a gun or whatever. He's having a hard time keeping them alligators down. Guys, as always, we usually <laughs> do this show exclusively. <laughs> for YouTube, but this is going to be the very first episode that we do as well for podcast downloads. Uh, several people on our on our Facebook group and our chat that we have on the Facebook group asked if we would go ahead and do that because they maybe don't have time to sit down and watch the show. So we're doing that. Um, like I said, we have a chat there on our Facebook group where we talk all day, you know, long about recruiting and things like that. So if you're not part of our Facebook group, Go out there and check it out. Join it, and we'll get you into that chat as well. It's it's Respect Our Decision on Facebook. We have a lot of fun there, talk a lot of stuff about football. I'm sure it'll be even more busy once the season gets here with all of that. But with that being said, guys, we're going to jump right into this week's questions. You know, Wes always does this, so you're just going to have to bear with me. I'm not usually, <laughs> I'm 
I'm not usually the question asker, but I'm going to jump right to it. And we're going to give you all the best answers that we got, starting with Chris Sorley. Chris, thank you as always for sending in your questions, brother. We appreciate you. You're the man. What are your thoughts thus far on SEC Media Days? Any particular coaches' comments sticking out to you guys? Chris, I'll go ahead and just jump on that one because I know CJ's probably got the same answer. It's no, it's all coach speak. As we already talked about on the main episode, Billy got up there and said all three quarterbacks looked great and they all brought something different to the table. Graham Mertz is starting quarterback at the University of Florida unless he gets into camp and gets hurt or something dramatic happens. God bless. Let's not let that happen. But um, these things are just coach speak. Uh, the one thing I just I just listened to before we came on the air, the most the coolest thing I heard was Jason Marshall did an interview with one of the guys from 247 and said um, that they were working. They've seen the disrespect out there. They know everybody's uh, praying on their downfall, thinking they're going to they're going to have another losing season and, and they're coming to shock the world. Now, maybe that's not what you want us to be saying. But I love the attitude. I love the look on his on his face when he was talking about it. Jason looked really dialed in, like he's going to have a great season. I have a feeling. All right, Marshall DePriest asks, "What are your thoughts on the defensive line this year? Do you think we are top five defense in the league?" CJ, that's a that's a major jump. <laughs> that's kind of where I was where on the main like, episode talking like, about. <laughs> And I guess in in the SEC, it's not so ridiculous. I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna have Georgia, you're gonna have Alabama, um, you're probably gonna have A um, and M could be up there. They A&M have the talent. There, LSU could be there. Um, Pete Golding's at Ole Miss now, so maybe Ole Miss makes that transition. Arkansas, uh, they have some guys over there. South Carolina has some guys. Tennessee's it, got some good t- Tennessee, uh, and then Stoops with Kentucky is always gonna have a pretty tough, hard nosed defense. Um, so I think that that's possible. I would love to see it. Uh, we could definitely, but if you're talking in the NCAA, um, <laughs> I don't think we made that. He does, say, he does say in the league. So I'm assuming he means SEC. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, but if he does, I mean, if Austin, if Austin Armstrong makes his top five at the NCAA, that man's going to be looking for another job in the next year. Somebody, somebody's going to be hiring him. If he yeah. could turn the defense that fast, we might not have Austin Armstrong be, around be, much longer. Coaching for the Cowboys or something. <laughs> um, but with the additions of Cameron Jackson and Banks and the incoming Kelby Collins, the maturation of, of Chris McClellan, I mean, the defensive line absolutely could go from a weakness to a strength this season. I, top five in the league is, is going to be tough, but if they get anywhere close to that, then we've made a tremendous turnaround on the defensive line. Rod Garen asks, do you see someone, if not us eventually, giving Corey Raymond a shot at defensive coordinator position in the future? Ryan, I actually think he's been offered that before, and I I don't know if that's – I don't think that's Coach Raymond's speed, man. I just – I don't know. Coach Raymond seems like one of those guys that's found his niche and he kind of likes it. Um, I mean, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. We we heard over and over again about – um. Went to Western Kentucky. Help me out, CJ. Jamar Chaney. We heard it over and over again that Chaney didn't want to be an on-the-field coach. And then all of a sudden, one day, he changed his mind and decided he did. So, um, but all I've ever heard is that Coach Raymond was was pretty pretty happy just being a, 
a defensive back coach. I mean, he makes really good money doing it. I don't think he has quite the stress level that, you know, a head coach, a defensive coordinator, or any of those guys have. I don't know how the man lives either. He may live a very simplistic life and doesn't need, you know, that next level of, of headaches and money that comes with that money. I think based on what we know about Corey Raymond, I feel like if there was a defensive coordinator job to be had, it feels like he would have already taken it by now. And I could be dead wrong, but it just feels like he's been a, a prominent figure in college football for so long. That there's yeah, over just, a decade. It seems like, you know, if he wanted to do that, it, it feels like the opportunity would have presented itself already and he would have taken it. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, there's always going to be rumors. There's, you know, it, right. most of them started by Miami fans, but, you know, <laughs> don't pay attention to that. Willard Anthony Stanley Brown asked, do you think DJ Lagway will be ready next year and start as a true freshman? Oof, man, that's a tough question. Do I think so? Here's the here's the tricky part of this. Graham Mertz can come back and play again next year. He absolutely can. Now, there's a there's a grouping of scenarios here. A, he has a fantastic season, then he goes pro. He has a mediocre season, and we don't want him here anymore. Or he does pretty decently. I mean, we're seven and five, eight and four. He doesn't make, you know, he shows a different Graham Mertz than you saw at Wisconsin, but maybe not a Graham Mertz that's ready to go pro. I mean, I wouldn't be upset if Graham Mertz actually showed that if he was he was serviceable. Maybe he's not all SEC caliber quarterback. We're not. Ex- nobody's expecting that out of Graham Mertz. But he's serviceable enough that you say, all right, he comes back, he's got another year, and he allows DJ to kind of naturally progress and not get shot into it week one, you know, going into next season. That's what you would ideally want to happen. You, you really don't want DJ starting game one next year. Yeah, I feel like that's the, the, the best case scenario is Graham Mertz is good to serviceable and he just comes back and plays one more season, and you can let DJ kind of get his footing. I mean, thrusting a freshman quarterback into a starting position in the SEC, no matter how good the incoming freshman is, uh, we, we've seen it for years. Georgia brings in five-star guys every year. Alabama does the same thing. But those guys aren't, you know, immediately starting. You, you might see that um, – you know, I mean, even this year, you know, you look at a guy like Nico at Tennessee. They're not, they're not looking to him to start. They're, they're going to, you know, rock out with with Milton. So, um, you know, the best case scenario I think for us is for Graham Mertz to just be a really okay, serviceable quarterback and come back and play another year. All right, couple questions from our man Charlie Sapp. First, do you think after this year there will be any more Dan Mullen recruited players left on this team? Uh, there'll be a couple. Yeah, there'll, there'll be a couple. I there'll be a couple, and I can't name them off the top of my head, to be very honest. Um, um, probably a couple, a receiver or so will be left, a tight end or so. I, I would assume Zipper will still be here. Um, Offensive lineman. There might be yeah, still an offensive I mean, lineman. Yeah, I mean, recruited uh, – I think Barber then, yeah. was recruited by Muller. Uh, yeah, there'll be a couple. I mean, that – and. And that's okay because that means that the staff has seen enough out of them to, to warrant them to be here still. 
that they're, they're not, not cancers in the locker room. Yeah, they're not, <laughs> yeah. and they're not having to have those uh, quote unquote tough conversations with them about moving on down the road. Right. So yeah, I mean, yeah, there will be a couple, but it you know you're getting to that point where they should almost all be gone. Um, who is the greatest? This is also Charlie. Who is the greatest offensive and defensive player to wear the orange and blue? Mine are Percy Harvin and Wilbur Marshall. Charlie, I don't really have an argument with that. Percy is definitely the probably the greatest offensive player outside of Tebow. I mean, there's an argument to be made. Um, I mean, there's obviously an uh, there's an argument to be made for Cam Newton too, since he did wear the orange and blue. But uh, I mean, but no, but two different shades. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wilbur Marshall's up there. I mean, Brandon Spikes is pretty high up there. And then, you know, obviously there's a slew of defensive backs that could, you know, Lito Shepard was special, but Wilbur probably is is that dude. And um, our Jack Youngblood. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, you, I would say you got to look at the two guys that are enshrined in Canton. So Emmett Smith and Jack Youngblood are probably – the way I would would go with that, there's there's the only two guys we've got in the NFL Hall of Fame. You know, one's yeah, going to leave. We're only talking about college, though. I mean, we're not talking uh, about uh, Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, still Jack Youngblood's got his place, whether Absolutely. we're talking about college or Absolutely. not. Absolutely. It would be very hard. I mean, but, you know, that's the great thing about that. Everybody has their own opinion of, of what makes them the best guy that maybe have ever done it for the Orange and Blue. Like I said, I mean – most people are going to look at that on offense and say either Tebow or Harvard, Tebow or Harvard. I mean, like it's just they go and they they go together. Um, but you know, like like I said, Cam Newton might be the greatest player that ever wore the orange and blue, even though he never played. Really showed it in the orange and yeah. blue. It's a trick question. <laughs> All right, Justin Wood has his usual um, assortment of questions, and we're going to jump right to it. Justin's first question, if we make it to eight wins, are y'all as a group very happy? I mean, yes. I mean, I'm over the moon happy. If we I, I'm going to throw wins. a party if we get eight wins. <laughs> if we win eight games this season, and I'm not sitting here trying to sound corny and goofy and like, oh, I'm a bad fan because I only think we could win eight games. That shows tremendous growth with this group that you're going to have on the field this season. Do not understate that. If this team – Against this schedule, and that might be the bigger part of it, this schedule. You win eight games, that means you've won at least two games that you're not favored in. Absolutely. Whether it be LSU or, you know, you're probably not going to be favored even with Tennessee in the swamp at that point in the season. Uh, everyone's probably uh, – you're when you play Kentucky, most everybody's probably going to play Kentucky unless you've – blown the doors off of Utah at Utah. I mean, right. uh, uh, week one's going to be somewhat telling. I mean, but if we if this team wins eight games, Billy Napier has done the damn thing this season. Second question, how many spots in the rankings do you think our defense will move up this year? Do you think our defense will be ranked at least – Top 50 in total defense. Justin, this is something I was tackling in the main show, if you've listened to it already. I was kind of uh, hedging around it. I I could see us being top 50, top 40. I think that's a very reasonable expectation with the amount of talent that's on this defense. And I do believe there's plenty of talent on this defense. Um, Now, 
Obviously, it's a new defensive coordinator, but according to those who know, not a whole, whole lot has changed. Um, I think you benefit by having one man in control of the whole secondary, so there's no co- there's no confusion. I think you benefit by having guys in the system another year and knowing each other and trusting each other. Um, you've gotten some good transfers on defense, Moulton and uh, Tahata Mitchell. I mean, you've you've gotten some guys that are veterans to come in and plug some spots. I I, I think CJ agrees too. I think you could easily be top fifty defense. Oh, this you year. could you could definitely be top fifty defense this year. You've got some guys that can do it. I I bought into Austin Armstrong like heavily. Um, I really believe like life wallet the, stock. Yeah, like <laughs> I hope he doesn't. <laughs> I hope he doesn't turn into life wallet stock. We're gonna be in bad shape. <laughs> I don't even know if Todd Grantham was the life wallet stock bad. Uh, but but no, I I think that um I think that that and then combine that with what Coach Chaos has shown he can do. Um, and then what Coach <laughs> our Bateman. boy Coach Babin has shown he can do with the linebackers, and now you've got Corey Raymond in charge of the entire secondary. Um, I think there's a there's a possibility we take a step forward on defense. You know, just a defense, just to be okay, like not not forty points a game defense. If we can stop that, we can start holding people to twenty points. I, I'll be. I'll be thrilled. You know, that's, that's the thing. You've just got to be able to stop somebody when you need to stop once in a while. You can't be in these shootouts, especially now with this offense. We don't have an Anthony Richardson back there to really like bail us out and, you know, make a play when you you, yeah. you need like a shootout kind of game. So the defense is going to be very important this year. And I think that they know that. I think they're, they're, they're gearing them for that. Hopefully we get we get some good takeaways this year and give this offense you know plus field position you know to be able to to get some easy points on the board not have right. to drive like last year even when we did stop somebody I still feel like they had already gotten you know they had flipped the field on us and we were we were always inside the twenty like every drive it felt like last year started on the twenty or or on the fifteen or the ten because we had a special teams hold or something like that. You know, it was just last year was just that was the worst was that every drive off the pressure that was on the offense was ridiculous. Like, imagine how good AR might have been last year if every time he got the ball, he wasn't thinking, oh, I have to score mm-hmm. or we're screwed. <laughs> like, I mean, I know big game quarterbacks make that happen, but you're still talking about a guy who had started. One game up and you're looking at games like Florida State and Tennessee where the offense was clicking and you needed one or two stops there just to give them a blow. And yeah, and and like you talk about Tennessee right before the half, uh, the Jordan Travis sack where everybody on the damn team touched him but nobody brought him down. Like, if you can change plays like that, you've changed the outcome of the game of multiple games. Yeah, 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 that's a big deal. All right. Baseball question, CJ. Oh, boy. Thoughts on the catcher we picked up this weekend? I am very excited about this catcher. Look at his eyes light up. I I was so (laughs) happy when we got him. I love his numbers. He's a freshman. He's from uh, Lakeland, so he's a Florida kid. He had very similar numbers to what BT put up here. And we can say the SEC is by far the toughest conference to play college baseball. But I think I put the ACC – 
and the second tier. I think they're right there. They've got teams like Wake Forest, who we saw play really good. We played against Virginia in the College World Series. They're good. Duke had a great season. Um, so, And Miami was good. So you look at the ACC, they've got a really good college baseball uh, program over there in the divisions. So the guy to put up some really good numbers against them, he had 12 home runs, just just below 300 on the batting average. His slugging was at uh, 600. Uh, his OPS was at uh, the high 900, so that's really good. I, I think that especially, too, he's being like a true freshman. Now he's coming in as a sophomore. He's got time to grow. So uh, I like it. I, I think he's a great pickup. I, I'm I'm super excited about it. Yeah, uh, I'm that guy. When you sent it into our chat that we have, I was I was very surprised to see that you know that we added another catcher on top of the one we had already gotten. All right, last question from Justin: Who is going to be the best receiver outside of Ricky this year? Justin, that is a good good question. Um, I mean, could it be Andy Jean as a true freshman? Could it be Eugene Wilson as a true freshman? I mean, that's asking a lot, but it's not. I mean, it could be Caleb Douglas. I really don't have that answer for you. Um, and there's one more. Ah, Dadgum it, man! My mind just goes blank when when I when I try to think of this. The young man that made the the really good catch in the spring game. Um, Khalil Jackson. No, but Khalil Jackson is another one. <laughs> the one uh, that we caught it behind his back. Um, is it? Yeah, is it Burke. Is it, no, Burke. Is it, is it, thank you, Burke. Okay, y'all got to forgive me. Hirsch is old, and sometimes the mind just goes goes blank on me. <laughs> I really think, um, from what I've heard about Marcus Burke, is really put in the work. He could be a guy that really surprises people when he got the. The school, everybody raved about how much talent he had. But he was one of those guys that just had a little bit of trouble, you know, putting it together. Like he just like if it wasn't just taking it serious enough. But, you know, hey, that's the one thing about this is there's going to be opportunity in this camp and you're going to find out real quick who's come to who's come to play and who's come not to play because. They're going to they're gonna pick the guys that, that show it out in camp, whether it be Andy Jean comes out there. I mean, we've already seen what he can bring to the table in limited, you know, limited quantities. So it's just going to be a matter of, of who wants it and and how they work with, with, with Mertz. I mean, because he's going to build a rapport with these guys. I really feel like you're going to see – you're going to see a lot of bodies at the receiver position on the field, at least early. So, but like you said, Ricky's the man. I think Ricky's going to have a huge season. Might be our first 1,000-yard receiver. He has the potential to be in a long, long time. All right, guys, it's time for our community question of the week. Um, wasn't a whole lot of uh, dispute on this one. CJ CJ threw y'all a softball this week on some, yeah. you know, to some people's <laughs> opinion anyway. Who is the most clutch athlete in history? Um, now, most of y'all said Michael Jordan. Now, as somebody that grew up watching Michael Jordan play and do it live, I can't really argue with that. I'm not going to argue with that. But I'll, I'll throw another name in a minute. Let's go with, through, through some of these other answers, though. Marlon Coleman said Kobe. Can't argue with Kobe, man. 
Um, Just Lou said that Derek Jeter and Wayne Gretzky should have been on the graphic as well. Hey, man, you can only fit so many dudes on the graphic. But both very clutch players in their own right. JC said, big shot Bob, Robert Ory. JC, (laughs) that is a great answer. That man hit more damn good threes in the playoffs when it mattered. It was ridiculous. Um. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be very honest with you. We didn't have a whole lot of people respond to that this week. I think everybody just thought it was it was MJ. Yeah, we had a lot of lot of MJ. Uh, we had the Facebook. I mean, I'm pulling uh, it up right now. Yeah. Um, Ryan Garen said, um, "Tom Brady, especially fourth quarter down by six with under two minutes left." Ryan, um, my Falcons agree. Yeah. Garen Boswell said, "Emmett Smith." Okay. Ricky Richardson said Larry Bird. Yes, Larry Legend was Larry clutch. Bird. Larry was clutch. Justin Cordero said Adam Vinatieri and Derek Jeter. Brandon Stewart said Big Poppy. Uh, David Big Poppy Ortiz. hit a lot of. Big Poppy hit a, a lot, lot of home runs. Home runs. Let me mattered. tell you, son, Brandon. I, I'm. Boston is my American League team. When I if I cheer for an American League team, and I love Big Poppy, he's he's fun. Justin Wood, Ray Allen was clutch later in his career with hitting big shots with the Heat. Yes, Ray, big big play. Ray was was very good. Uh, Jacob Hershey, I don't know who that kid is. <laughs> Sounds like he could be related to me. Says Kevin Durant or Kobe. I'll give you Kobe, Jake, but I ain't giving you Durant. He's a team hopper. That's all he's clutch about. <laughs> uh, Don Turner said, can't forget Tim Tebow. Hey, Tim was pretty dang clutch, guys. Especially when he had to make a, a predict, you know, he made a speech. Um, Josh Humane says, y'all are going to hate this, but if we're, <laughs> it would have been LeBron, higher average of points per Game and clutch situation. Oh my gosh, this man went full stats on us. Josh, Josh went full PFF on us. That's right. Hey, but look, he's right though. I mean, LeBron's very LeBron. clutch. LeBron doesn't get enough credit. He's got a lot of haters. LeBron's a solid. He also player. said, oh, if we're talking fun. rings, it's Bill Russell. Big Bill. <laughs> Bill Russell for sure. CJ, who do you think? Who's your Who's your clutch guy? The the most clutch athlete in history. Is Mariano Rivera? That ain't what, no when you talk about a guy in his whole career. I, I I pulled I did some stats. I had to get his stats because he's 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 that damn good. When you look at what he did on the uh, in his career, he played eighteen seasons, and this is this is as a closer. He only started. He only had one season early where he actually. Started baseball games at 18 seasons. He had 652 saves in his career as a, as a, as a closing pitcher. He finished with a 2.21 ERA. He was a 13-time All-Star, five-time World Series. The most, the most clutch stats, though, when it mattered. You're talking playoffs in his entire career. Mariano Rivera only blew four saves in the playoffs in his 18 seasons. That is a guy and. Two, you got to look at it from the angle. When we talk about the best closers in history, there's not a lot of them that played as long as Mariano Rivera and actually finished games still. 
you know, we could talk about the Braves when they had like guys like John Rocker. John Rocker didn't have an 18 season career where he was just absolutely shutting the door on people through the whole time. Mariano Rivera did. The dude was absolutely lights out. When you heard Inner Sandman come on and Mariano Rivera came out, you were probably finna go home because that dude right there finished games at a high level forever. And it's so difficult to do that as a closer because as a closer, you've got to go out there and think, my stuff is so good, nobody can hit it. I'm finna shut the door on the game. I'm going to walk out. And then you have to give up a home run, lose a game, and then go the next night and say, my stuff is so good, nobody can hit it. I'm going to close the door and walk out again. You cannot have like a, a shutoff. There's like a different gear in the brain of a closer that not all of them have. And Mario, Mariano Rivera had it. He was just that good. So we're talking clutch. You need a guy to win a game. It's him. And, and to me, it will never be anybody else. When we're talking about a guy that could just absolutely shut the door on a game when you needed it the most. And I know people don't like the Yankees. I'm not like a huge Yankees fan or anything like that. But I can I can sit here and tell you that Mariana Rivera was an absolute great in baseball that that did something that nobody else really could do. He the next the next closer behind him has two hundred less saves. So it just that that's my answer, and that, that's always going to be my answer. I'm I'm gonna I mean there's so many good big names, and they've all been mentioned. Mine mine's gonna be a, a Homer answer. And mine's Chipper Jones. I love Chip. Um, Chip never saw a pitch from a New York Met in a big game that he didn't like. <laughs> uh, Chip Chip hit more walk-off home runs. Guy, it seemed like he used to do just two or three big ones every season against the Phillies or the Mets. Chip was clutch. He, you know, Mr. Brave, right up there with Aaron and, and Murph. But, um... Like I said, I'm just. This is a homer pick. It's it's not the all time most clutch athlete. Obviously, I mean, you're you're talking MJ, CJ threw a real good one in there with Rivera, LeBron. Um, there's so many. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky certainly. You know, you don't. We don't. We don't. Hockey doesn't get enough love on this show about athletes. Uh, Tiger was on the graphic as well. At once upon a time, uh, Tiger and Augusta was about. You know. <laughs> Could make any shot on the course when he needed to. Yeah, and Tiger was a like ahead of like everybody. Nobody <laughs> could touch Tiger at one point in golf. He was just winning every week. Every every time they had a, a, a tournament in the PGA Tour, it was Tiger. He was just winning. Especially so when they when, especially did. the bigger ones like that was like, the yeah. thing. For sure, like it, he, Tiger was just above everybody else, and, and he definitely deserves some love on that too. I'm really surprised more people didn't say that, but you know, I, I know we're a football podcast. Most people don't want to talk golf. I know most of us aren't, aren't, aren't huge. You know, I know a lot of y'all are, I see all y'all's avatars out there and, and your, your Abby's on Twitter and it's all y'all taking shot on the golf course. And I know that shot went into the woods. Y'all just took that for Twitter. I know that. Shot. I know y'all hooked that <laughs> shot in. I know y'all hooked that shot in the woods. Took out somebody's show. Y'all don't ever show y'all hitting the second shot. It's always off the tee box. I know what's going on. I play golf all the time. All right, guys. Well, once again, <laughs> that's our show for the week, man. We appreciate you as always sending in your questions, sending in your comments, 
sending in, you know what? I may have shorted a few on our, on our, actually on our YouTube questions. And if I did, I apologize, guys. We will read them next week. That's my fault. My host, Wes, is not here to cover all the Facebook questions. I may have been a little befuddled this week. And if I missed your question on, on the YouTube video, I apologize. Drop them in the comments for next week. We will make sure to get to them. Wes will be back. I'll be a little more organized. CJ's about to go hit the beach himself. He's probably going to run right out of the house and, and go to the beach. So oh, yeah. y'all be safe PCB out there. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Get out CJ of here. Going Catch spring, me. CJ going yeah. spring breaking. Pineapple willies. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. We thank you, as always, for all your interactions, your listens, all that. Make sure, like you said, this is the first ever pod of the people that will be able you'll be able to download wherever you get your podcasts from. So be sure you go out there and get that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you might get podcasts from. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, you've got this part, you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe, drop a like on the video, and leave us a question down below for next week. I'll promise they'll get read next week. I apologize for this week. We love you guys. See you next week. Go Gators. Go Gators.